that after we do all come all you faithful, then we're done. And, you know, we'll say thank you, God bless you, you may be seated, and pastor will come up, and then he'll take it from there, and then uh, he'll preach, and then he'll wind it down. I need to write, make a little note here. Uh, I just want to let y'all know the children are staying with us today. We welcome the children to stay with us today. I think it would almost be wrong if we were coming to celebrate the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger and we said, get out of here, kids. The adults are talking, you know, uh, it's good. And so listen, if the kids become a little bit of a distraction, let's be adults and let's not let it uh, break us. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's not let it uh, uh, take over our spirit. Um, this morning we will be in the book of Luke, chapter number two, uh, in just a few moments. But there's a couple things I want to take care of first. Um, first of all, I need y'all to know uh, Brother Mike and Miss Kathy aren't here this morning. And that's because Miss Kathy's in the emergency room because she was trying to break up a dog fight. And she got some scratches and she got some um, bites. And so, um, so they're taking care of uh, treating those wounds and making sure that she doesn't get an infection. And uh, what a bummer, right? And so um, we, uh, we want to lift them in prayer. Um, I also want us to be praying for Pastor Samuel. If y'all don't know, um, uh, Vita Zoe is a, is a Spanish-speaking ministry. We share a building with them. They, they meet Sunday afternoons. Um, and Pastor Samuel is the lead pastor there. He had a back surgery a few weeks ago, and there's an infection uh, and where his incision was. And so he was in the hospital. Hopefully he's home, but he was supposed in the hospital yesterday. And so we want to be praying for uh, Pastor Samuel as well. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, as, we, uh, as, we, as we kind of come in this morning, there is this mixture of joy and hope. And then there's also this reality that... These holidays can be hard, and uh, this year has been a tough year for us as a church, and we've experienced a lot of loss. People that we were celebrating with last year, uh, we won't get to celebrate with again until we see them in glory, right? Um, and some, um, just now space is going to be separating us, and, and there's other things that you've probably experienced this year, and so I don't want us to mask all that. We don't have to come in here and just put on a mask and say, oh, it's all good. You know, we can choose peace and we can choose joy and we can choose hope in the midst of this. But uh, our Lord also invites us to be able to lay our burdens down at his feet, to lay our griefs down at his feet, to lay our sorrows at his feet and to let him minister to us. And so, so I want us to just have a moment right now where we bow before the Lord and maybe there's something, some hurt some sorrow, and you just need to go, God, I, I need to bring this right to you, to your throne. And, and we are going to talk about the greatest gift that God has given this world, his son, Jesus. And, and, and as we do that, that's really, that's the hope that we have in this world. I don't have hope in a, a job. Uh, I got a cool new vehicle that I've been wanting for a long time. Uh, I can't put my hope in that. Uh, my wife, as wonderful as she is. She, she, she's, she's a gift to me, but, but 
if, if, if all my hope is fixed in her, we know that one day her life is going to end. Same thing for me with her. My children might not always do what my children are supposed to do. We're not guaranteed any other thing in this life except for this, that Jesus loves us and he is going to come again and restore all things unto himself. That's the guarantee that we have. That's the guarantee that we have. And so let us bring our sorrow, lay it down before the Lord, and let us fix our hope on that which is secure. That's not just secure for time, but that which is secure for eternity. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and bring whatever you need to bring before the Lord. I'm going to give you a moment to pray, and then I'm going to pray over us, and then we'll continue on. If you're still praying, don't let my prayer interrupt yours. Lord, the song says, in the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you are there. And yet, Lord, we avoid the secret, quiet place so often. Forgive us. My hope and my prayer is that we will meet you where you are this morning. That you will meet us where we are this morning. Uh, Lord, we know that you are faithful no matter what. You are faithful to us in the midst of trial, in the midst of loss, in the midst of uncertainty. You are not a God who lives out of scarcity. You, you deal in abundance, Lord. But Lord, uh, often the abundance that you provide uh, is not that which we would, we would put our hope in. So Lord, give us eyes to see the abundant ways in which you provide for us to, to care for us, to equip us, to minister to us so that we can go into this world living Living these beautiful, uh, bright, shining lives that light up the dark place, Lord. 
Attend to us so that we can go be your hands and your feet. So that we can be the living testimonies of this awesome gift that you gave us in your son Jesus. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would uh, hear our prayers. Attend to us today. Fill us, Lord, continue to fill us with wonder and hope, joy. No matter the circumstances, Lord, we pray. We pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. I'll tell you what, I was having a conversation with my mom, and we were talking about how, uh, you know, God. Like the beautiful thing that Jesus does is he, 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 he shows us, he gives us worth and value. He places that upon us. And you think about this, like him going to, like there was a lady crawling through the street just to touch the hem of his garment. And he didn't turn around and say, oh, you filthy, unclean thing. Why did you touch me? He said, woman, and he calls her out. She wanted to stay hidden. And he says, your faith has made you whole. He would go sit down with the sinners and the tax collectors. And, 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 and he would say, you're worth my presence. Think about it that way. I'm giving you worth. I'm letting you know that, that I value your company. I want you to know that you belong with me. Wow. And my mom said something very, very good. She said, I, I get that. She said, my, my fear is that when we talk so much about us having worth and value, that we'll, we'll diminish his worth and value. We'll, we'll, we'll forget that he's worthy. And, and, and so I've just been thinking about that and processing it. And, and you know, uh, it, it, it came to me. I was praying, God, well, what do you want me to speak on this Christmas Eve? And, uh, and, and the Lord said, you know, it's really, it, this is how my upside down kingdom works. This is how my wisdom that you think is foolish works, right? He says, it is through the very fact that Jesus came into, he was born into conditions of squalor. And if you don't know that he was born into conditions of squalor, that's the picture that Luke paints whenever he says, she took the babe and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and she laid him in a manger. He said it's for the very fact that he was born into conditions of squalor, that he came in humility and that he came showing us worth and value. He, he showed so much value to, about us that whenever humanity was spitting on him and mocking him and saying crucify him he was saying father forgive them their lives are worth mercy in God's upside down way of thinking it's upside down from ours it is through him coming in humility and providing and showing us value that it is revealed that he alone is the worthy one that he is worthy of 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 every every song that should be ever written about love it should be about this one 
Every testimony about faithfulness and commitment should be written about him. Any words written to any other are cheap. And they cheapen the value. Because he alone is worthy. And his worth, his value is revealed through him coming humbly. Humbly and obedient to the Father's way of living. And the Father's way of living is not the Father's way of living. It's the Father's way of living. The Father's way of loving. The Father who provides bread, not stone. The Father who clothes the lilies of the field and they don't even have to work for it. The father who feeds the sparrows. Oh, the sparrows. They get fed. So, as we go through and we read the story this morning, I want us to remember we're going to see Jesus, our liberating king, born into conditions of squalor. And I want us to hold on. It's through this that it is revealed that he is worth. Worthy of every praise that you and I could bring. With that, we'll begin reading in Luke chapter number one. And I'm going to have it up on the screen for y'all. But um, uh, just before I do, I do want to make a note about something. Uh, uh, Often... What we do is we read, you know, sometimes we'll take Matthew's gospel and we'll take Luke's gospel and we try to harmonize them. And something that I've become alive to lately and aware of and alive to and, and just valuing more is, um, you know, Matthew and Luke tell two different stories about Jesus' birth. And in the wisdom of God, in the manifold wisdom of God, as, as Paul says, the many-sided wisdom of God, God said, he does this a lot throughout the scriptures. He says, I want you not just to have one perspective of this story, I want you to have multiple perspectives of this story. And so we actually, we have four gospels on purpose. And we have four gospels that, that come from a different perspective and, and show us a different like kind of aspect of, of Jesus and his ministry or, or, or a certain situation. And we shouldn't go, oh, man, this one doesn't line up with this one. We should go, man, that's really cool that God was like, hey, I'm going to tell you this story. And, and like just like if y'all were sitting outside and, 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 and y'all had heard a car crash and then, and, 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 and then y'all jumped up and, and y'all started talking about it, y'all would have a little bit, y'all would say the same things, but y'all would have some differing perspectives. Oh, I didn't see that side of it. I, I didn't know that and this is what uh god does throughout scripture uh, just some other places that we can think about where this happens in genesis 1 and genesis 2 uh, if you read those honestly you will go these are two different tellings of the origin of this world and of humanity and of god's dealing with it uh you also find this in like first samuel we are introduced to david two different ways in first samuel 16 and 17 in 1 Samuel 16, he's, he's out and he's anointed, and then he, he goes and he starts playing the harp for, uh, for King Saul. But 1 Samuel 17, he goes out to the battlefield, and Saul goes, who is this kid? Who is this David? Right? So we're told, like, and, and, and we should value that. And a lot of people will use that and go, see, that doesn't measure up. And, and then we freak out, and we go, oh, no, we got to get to the lineup. And it's like, God's going, y'all don't have to do that. Take a breath. I gave you two, like, two stories from two different perspectives, and so we can value it. 
And so this morning, what I want to say is when we read these texts, we don't have to try to put them together and make them all. We can just read Luke telling us what Luke wanted to tell us about the birth of Jesus. And what we know about Luke's telling of the birth of Jesus, it wasn't just things that Luke knew. It was Luke went to a whole bunch of people and he did a bunch of research and he compiled it all together. And he said, here's the best that I get about the birth of Jesus. And so, uh, oh, not that one. All right, Luke chapter number one will begin here in verse number 20. And it says, in the sixth month, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. He was sent to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, who was of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and he said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What we should understand here is Mary was looking around at the evidence of her situation and she was going, blessed art thou, you're highly favored. I'm not blessed and highly favored. Life has not treated me up to this point i'm not blessed and highly you got the wrong girl right you are talking to somebody else and we don't know what created that in her mind but she was like who are you talking to because you're not talking to me why would he say this to me and the angel said unto her fear not mary you have found favor with god why did she find favor with god because god said Blessed and highly favored, are you? It was his, his decision. He said, Mary, that's the one. Mary's the one. And because he graced upon her, his favor, her life was changed. And I want us to make a point about that. It's when we receive God's grace into our lives that our lives get changed and transformed. When we can open up our hands and we can go, okay, God, you love me and you you have sent your son, and your son Jesus gave himself for me. I receive this grace. I receive this truth. Whenever we receive that, we surrender to that reality, that's when things start to change. Any other like transformative acts that we try, you, you've done it. You, you, you try, and you, you fall, and you try, and you fall. It's like a diet. And some of us have been on like a whole bunch of different diets, right? All the fad diets, and you've done the Atkins, you've done the keto, you've done, you've done it all, and then you always find yourself in a season where you're going, I need to be on a diet again. A lot of us Christians do that because we really haven't received the grace of God into our lives. We talk about grace, we say it's all about grace, but then we really think we have to perform. But it starts with receiving God's grace. God's saying, I love you, period, flat out, full on, I do. But God, what about this? I love you. But God, what, I, I said that, no, I love you. Until we can surrender to his love, real full transformation is really hard to get at. You and I are really good at putting on masks, though. We can dress ourselves up all day. Look at me dressed up today y'all people are looking at me today going who are you macaulay you're wearing a bolo tie 
You got boots. Who are you? You're usually wearing hirachis. Who are you? I'm vibing today, y'all. I just thought this was the vibe that I had in my mind. I'm like, I'm doing it, right? And y'all shouldn't think cowboy. Y'all should just think stupid hipster, all right? That's what you should see going on here. We can dress up. And here's why I want to say this, because a lot of us can dress up, and you can dress up, and you can put on a mask for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And the whole time, you are in the back of your mind saying, God doesn't really love me. He doesn't really accept me. He doesn't really value me. He did, Jesus, he died for everybody else. He didn't die for me. God will forgive everybody else. He won't forgive me, not me. And maybe, maybe it's not that way. Maybe there's another thing going on. It's because of all the situations and circumstances in my life. I can't see how God would love me and allow these things to happen. And you have to be reminded, God never said, I love you. And so no bad circumstances will happen. He said, I love you. And I'm revealing that because my son Jesus is going to die for you. And whenever you are nasty and mean to him, he is going to be grace and compassion and tender and forgiveness to you. And so you just need to know your mind and your eyes are on the wrong thing. Big point here, when we receive his grace, transformation happens. We can't say all the theologies that are out there, Mary, was, she was immaculate. No, she wasn't. She, she looked at her life and she said, my life, blessed and highly favored me. No, 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 no. No, Mary, fear not. You have found favor with God, and behold, you shall conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and he shall be called Jesus, liberator, savior. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. You are going to, you poor little virgin Mary are going to give birth to the king, and not just any king. The king of kings, he's going to get the throne of his father, David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I hear what you're saying. Sounds really good. Well, what's the, let's like work this out. And, he, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How do you think Mary drunk all this in? <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, there's so much there. You are blessed and highly favored. Okay, you're going to give birth to the king of kings. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. We can look at Mary and go, oh my goodness, that's so amazing that Mary got to do this. Let's think about this. You are blessed and highly favored, everyone sitting here. Because God has given to you the son of David, the liberating king, Jesus. And even when he was despised and rejected, and he was crucified the third day. God said, nope, I'm giving him back to you. He truly is the king that you need. As much as we should look, can look at Mary's story and go, wow, that's amazing. We should look at our story and go, wow, that's amazing. God gives us of himself, his son. God gives us his spirit. God gives us forgiveness. God gives us grace whenever we, we, we mess up. And he gives us wisdom to know the right way forward. 
Here's how you're going to know that this is happening. He says, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I know this is a lot to drink in, Mary, but let me just tell you something else really cool that's happening. Remember cousin Elizabeth, barren, a cousin Elizabeth. Everybody knows Elizabeth in your family. Everybody has lamented and grieved over Elizabeth not being able to have a child. Guess what? Elizabeth is pregnant. And she's very old. And so you know that this is not natural. This is God working. This is a mighty working thing that God did because with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the, the servant girl of the Lord. Behold, this is how she sees herself. Be it unto me according to thy word. I accept, I surrender to God's grace in my life. Have you accepted, have you surrendered to God's grace in your life? The angel departed. And Mary rose in those days, and she went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And she entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted uh, Elizabeth, or she uh, greeted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe in her womb leapt. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I love this, and I don't know why we continue to miss this, but we have got to get it. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. A woman was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied is what I'm trying to say. Well, I'll never fail to point this out because too often we go, I just don't know that women can do that. Because we were taught foolishly. And it wasn't that people were trying, maybe you could say people were being mean. I don't think so. I want to give people good intentions. I just think that people thought, well, there's this order. And they forgot that Joel said that the spirit of God would pour out on everybody. That little girls and little boys and old women and old men and everybody in between would be prophesying in the name of the Lord. Elizabeth, what does she say? She said, blessed art thou among women. Oh, man, she confirms and affirms what the, what the angel said. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And what, is, what is this to me that the, that, that the mother of my Lord should, should come to me? She is feeling like I've received even grace upon grace. I not only have this baby in my belly, but the mother of our Lord is here visiting me. Oh, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. I know who you are because my baby did a somersault. That's dangerous inside there, right? And she said, blessed is she that believed, blessed is she that received God's grace, surrendered to God's grace. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So you received it, you surrendered to it, and now God is going to make good on it. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. See, Mary understands the grace of God. She understands who she was, what her position was, and, and, and she sees God is doing something amazing for me. And too often we are so familiar with this story that we forget that this is not just God doing something amazing for Mary. He was doing something amazing for all humanity, for all time. He was doing something amazing for you. He was doing something amazing for me. For behold, and she gets it. 
from now on, you got to think how soberly this is. From now on, all generations are going to call me blessed? They're going to call me blessed? Right? Wow. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats. He has exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with Elizabeth about three months, and then she returned to her home. And then several months later, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went to be taxed with Mary, his uh, a spouse or engaged wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Again, we said this a few weeks ago. We should go, these guys are going, the angel came to us? To us? We should go see what God has just revealed to us. See, when you see God's grace, his value, his worth that he places upon you, you accept that and you go okay this has been shown to me to me it transforms you and you see who really is worthy of all praise and they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger just as the angel had said and when they had seen it 
they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Guess what we were let in on? Guess the secret that we were told? And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They marveled at them. And it says, which were told them by the shepherds. And again, he, Jesus was born into conditions of squalor. And, and no matter what imagery you have of a shepherd, because Psalm 23 has taken over the image of a shepherd, you should understand that, uh, that even in the Middle East today, shepherd is not this high-ranking place of nobility in the community. Shepherds. I think about it like this. We need to think about like a dusty cowboy who's been on a cattle drive from South Texas all the way up into the Montana Territory. Stinky, gritty shepherds. Gritty cowboys. Not these vibed out hipsters, right? They all wondered, they marveled, the shepherds were telling us this thing. Let's see what happens, I don't know. But Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Here we have the story, as Luke tells us, of the king of kings, our liberating king, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, who is Lord. And there is no other Lord, there is no other curios, there is no other ruler who is fit. And he is born into conditions of squalor. And, and he, he is born to a, not to a uh, high nobility girl in a palace. He is born to a, a, a poor girl in Nazareth. Who says, me? No, 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 you got the wrong one. It is announced not by the Associated Press, not by the uh, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. It is uh, revealed to some lowly shepherds. And so you see that Jesus comes in into these conditions so that we can see like he is coming in humility. He's going to look weak. He's going to look like a punk to a lot of people and a chump to others. He's going to look like a madman to some people. And all along, he's going to be placing worth and value on people that you would never place, you would never think to place worth and value on. The lepers who, who are outside of the community, he's going to go and he's going to touch them. And he's going to go, here you go. And they're going to receive that grace. And because they receive that grace, their lives are going to be transformed. See, he gave you worth and value. Or he, gave, he shows us worth and value. And whenever he does that, that transforms us. Here's what I know about all of us. And I have the sneaking suspicion. Any of us who are walking around acting like we have it all together are really good at wearing masks. Because... The reality is, is that every one of us goes to bed at night going, man, I wish I would have done that better. It's different. Kicking yourself. Man, I used to be able to do that. Now I can't. I'm going to have to limber up. All right. (laughs) 
and know you've heard it a thousand or a million times that God loves you no matter what, you go, ah, I just don't know. Or like I said, you can say it because you're looking down on yourself or you're looking down at your situation. If he loves me, then why am I in this, why am I in this squalor-like condition? And you got your eyes on something that he never said was the revelation of his love towards you. And so the first thing is, have you received this grace? Have you surrendered to this grace? Do you know and trust that God loves you? And that through his love, he invites you into relationship with him. Where there is mercy and forgiveness and his mercies are new each and every morning. They never run out. They never run dry. And, and where his spirit is so his spirit can, can, can equip you with life and with wisdom and with righteousness. That's the first question. The second question is this. If he has graced you, are you living with such grace in your heart towards others? Because Jesus didn't just come to do it for us, though he did it for us. He came to equip us to be the ones who could go do it as well. And so who are the ones that you don't think deserve God's grace? Oh, I think everybody deserves God's grace. Okay. Okay. Are they all welcome at your table? Are they all welcome in this church building? Who do you give grace to because Jesus Jesus showed people who thought that they didn't belong that they belong with him and this is my fear that the church instead of being the place that says to the people who don't belong anywhere in society you belong here we've said no 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 we're we're different and unless unless you change you can't come here Whenever it should be, when we show grace and they receive grace, that's where transformation comes from. That's where real life change comes from. That's where people start going, me? You're welcoming me? Have you ever had one of those moments where somebody, where you're talking to somebody and, and you're having a conversation and you're just being normal to them like a human being and, and then they find out that you're a Christian and they're like, well, I said a couple cuss words to, through this and you didn't walk away from me, you know, and like, or, 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 or maybe they're different in a whole bunch of other ways and you were just treating them with value and they're like, I didn't think Christians did that. Have y'all ever experienced that? Because I've experienced that. I love holding off on telling people that I'm a pastor because it's fun. Because uh, I will hear some things, and then and then they'll I'll, they'll be like, "So what do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, I pastor Friends of the Baptist Church." And they're like, "Well, well, well, I go to church sometimes," and I'm like, "I love it. I don't need you to go to church sometimes. I just want you to know that I'm not going to treat you differently because you dropped a couple of curses along the way, or because you're confused about." Your, your identity. Or because you're a nerd. <laughs> I mean, right? It doesn't have to be all the big things. So, have you received it? And if you've received it, are you giving it? 
because here's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be testifying about what we know. And the only thing that you and I need to testify about what we know is that like, like that guy in John, he said, I don't know, I was blind, but now I see. I don't know, I was on the outside and now I'm in. I, all I know is that like I went to bed at night and I was racked with guilt and shame and condemnation and the Holy Spirit said, listen, just give it to me and I'll forgive you. And I found this community of believers where we can walk together and we're not all perfect and we're not always nice. Sometimes we have to come and say I'm sorry to each other. But we are committed to walk together and to encourage each other and to serve alongside one another and to show each other the grace. And as a church, we are committed to show this world the grace that has been given to us. So you see, it, it, it's this weird upside down thing that God does when he shows you grace and he gives you value and he gives you worth when, where you're like, I don't deserve it, but you can receive that. Then you realize and you recognize it's revealed to you. You're the one, you're the only one who is worthy of all my praise. As the, uh, as the uh, song said, uh, we're the sky of parchment made and every, uh, every stalk, you know, um, a stalk, a, a quill that we could not, we would, we could not exhaust writing and testifying about the love of God. And that love, it, it's been here since the beginning of creation, but it was revealed most fully when God gave us his son, Jesus. And when Jesus came in humility and seeming weakness, and he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And when God raised him up on the third day, exalted him to the right hand of the Father. And so through that, it is revealed. He alone, he alone is worthy. Amen? And this is the story of the birth of Christ. Let's do this. Let's bow for a time of prayer and an invitation. I think it would serve us wrong if we did not give you an opportunity to say, I surrender to this grace, God. I trust in you, Lord, and your love and your goodness and your mercy, your forgiveness and your spirit to come. And so, Brother Mitch and the team are going to come, and he's going to begin playing. But I want you to begin to think about this question right now. Have you really surrendered? Or are you just wearing a mask? Maybe today, like, this could be the moment that you come and you trust in the Lord. Or maybe we could just begin having a conversations about what that, like, what, what that journey looks like for you or where you're at on that journey. And, and, and you might just, even today, just say, hey, Macaulay or somebody else in this church, can we, can we start having this conversation? Can we talk? You'll just take a step in one direction, right, this morning. So I'm going to ask you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and, uh, and, and I'm not here to embarrass anybody, and I don't do this often, so anybody who knows me knows that I don't do this often, but, uh, but, but I'm just going to say this. Everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes closed. Nobody's here to embarrass you, but if you're here and you're going, man, I've never really fully accepted the grace of God. I've never surrendered to his love. I've never trusted fully what, what this is. I'm still trying to perform. And, and, and maybe you're going, hey, today is a day that I want to really surrender and really trust. I really want to be rescued. 
I would just ask, just look right at me. You could just make eye contact with me right now. If that's you, and you're saying, that's me, and I'll just make eye contact with you if that's you. You and I will get together and we'll talk. Sound good? All right. For the rest of you, you're saying, hey, I've received God's grace. And here's the next question. Are you giving God's grace? Are you giving it to people that you think deserve it? Are you giving it to people that it surprises you (laughs) that God would grace them? Are you open to that? That would be the thing. God, reveal to me where I'm giving grace. Reveal to me where I'm withholding grace. Fill me full of your spirit's patience and love and compassion and kindness and tenderness towards everyone so that I can be a carrier of your grace, of your goodness. Lord, I love you and I thank you for who you are. I pray, Lord, and I ask this. I ask that you would just please uh, be with this one who said, I, I, I need to trust, I need to surrender. I need to be rescued, Lord. I pray and I ask that, Lord, I just thank, thank you and praise your name because you're doing a work already, Lord. Lord, encourage and comfort Lord, I pray and I ask that you would be with all of us, that we who have received your grace would would be open to pouring your grace out to everybody. And Lord, we would not just look for the easy ways in which we could pour out your grace, but Lord, we would be the church that goes and looks for the hard ways that we could pour out your grace, Lord. We'd be the people that maybe other Christians question, like the Pharisees question Jesus. What's he doing sitting over there? Lord, I pray and I ask that you would fill us with your spirit. Your spirit's wisdom. Your spirit's righteousness. Lord, I pray. I pray that you would continue to fill us with wonder at your grace. And hope in your grace. I pray these things for this day and for this Christmas season. And for the rest of our lives, Lord, I pray all these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Amen.